0: Yo, what's up? (laughs) How's everybody doing? Uh, It's good to be in the house, oh Lord. This is the most fun time of the week. I don't know about you, but I look forward to Sunday morning because Jesus saved my life, set me on a new trajectory, and I'm brand new today. Amen? Let's give the Lord a shout of praise for his presence in this place. He is good. He is good. Um, It's an honor to be here with you all. God has you here for a reason today. I'm excited to hear from the Lord together. Amen. Um, the, the, The spirit of the resurrection is alive in this place. We could go home right now if we want. The spirit of the resurrection is alive in this place. And God is able to move and to shake things in your life according to his will for the most beautiful story you could ever ask or imagine. I just believe the Lord uh, sent me here today to share the good news with you that it's not over. (laughs) It's not over today. The uh, title of my message today is called Don't Fear the Dirt. And uh, so many times God takes us through a season of of burial, right? Of of a, a season where we feel like things are ending in our life, or we're not sure uh, where he's going with us, and every single, we, we, we feel like we're almost being buried alive, and every single scoop of dirt that's being put on top of us just makes us more tired, more weary, more worn out. And the Lord is here today to encourage us as a church that he is the God of the resurrection. He is the God of life, And he is moving, he is shaking, and he is accomplishing far more than you could ask or imagine in your life today. Amen? God is good. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you that this is the day that you have made, God. We thank you that there are no limits, no bounds on who you are, God. Our desire today is to know you more, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we can rest today in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God that we don't have to earn anything today, that we can come to you boldly through the blood of Jesus Christ, that there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, that we've been brought into a family of believers that worships you in spirit and in truth, that loves you with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we've been brought into a new reality today, God, that we are not living our old life, but that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And we are living in an eternal state of newness today before you, God. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word minister to us so that it's not us, but only you. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't fear the dirt. I want to open my heart to you again. I feel like I always do this on Sundays and everyone's like, oh shoot, it's about to be uncomfortable or something. Some tragic thing happened. <laughs> we going through it, amen? Is anyone else going through it in here today? The Lord's here to encourage you today. I feel like the last couple of years have been years where uh, this is my beautiful and lovely life, Rebecca Hannon, the hottest person on earth. Let's give her a hand. She's amazing. And uh, she's from the west side. I'm from Williamsville, the two W's. And we kind of meet in the middle, like where those two fingers cross, you know what I'm saying, Rodney? And uh, we ha- when Pastor Josh talks about intense fellowship, we are really good at that, or really bad at that, I don't know, one of the two but I always make fun of that and I always joke but God has blessed us with an amazing family and I'm so thankful to my wife who literally pours herself out for me every single day and I honor you and I thank you and I love you. We've had, uh, we've had some crazy years, man. I mean seven, what? Seven, how many years have we been married? Seven years. I will hear about that later. Seven years we've been married, alright? Seven is the number of perfection so we, we perfect this year. Uh, but we've been through it, man. And I'm just saying, I'm just going to be real with y'all. I mean, we, uh, we, we met at Breakout Love Buffalo 2011. We, we've, yeah, praise the Lord for breakout. Breakout means breakout into marriage, baby. We're about to break out of this joint and go get married in a That's what I said when I went to breakout. So we met during breakout, and uh, the Lord, it was almost an immediate thing, like the Lord said, hey, just get married, and um, we did it really quickly, wouldn't recommend it for anyone else, it's not a pet, that's not a counseling thing, that's just a praise the Lord for his faithfulness thing, and um, we got married after one year of basically uh, long-term long-distance relationship, we moved to Virginia, and I was actually coaching hockey at Liberty University, Um, we had three kids. Everything was provided for. God was giving us uh, uh, ministries there, and we thought that we were set up for a long time. In 2015, the Lord called us to move back to Buffalo. Uh, We were here for a week visiting family, and it seemed like every single day we were driving around and seeing places, and the Lord started to open up our eyes and the Spirit to see revival that was happening in Buffalo things that he wanted to do in this city and we're so thankful that through, um, this story really of our lives that God has brought us here to sit in these seats with you guys and to be with you guys because we truly believe that this church is a, is a, is a catalytic church in the revival that is happening in Western New York and that will happen across the earth There's a spiritual legacy here, and there is a group of people that are willing here to give their entire hearts to the Lord, to worship God, and to say, not our way, but your way. And God honors hunger. I believe that the only thing that the Lord is asking from us as believers is for us to come to him completely empty so that he can fill us, and I see that in the DNA at this church. There's so many amazing leaders here, and we're so honored that we get to do life with you guys. It's been cool to see how God has brought us here, but that process hasn't always been easy. I don't know if you know, but we moved back to Buffalo. We moved to the west side, and uh, we were a part of a church called His Dwelling Place, which is actually her uh, Rebecca's dad's church that was planted out of the tab. Um, what was it, 2003 that it was planted? In the early 2000s, and uh, Pastor Jose Robles did a phenomenal work on the west side. I'm sure many of you guys were involved in breakout or food pantry or something that happened, and the Lord was asking us to step up, and Pastor Jose had actually moved down south, and and, uh, we were kind of attending to the church on a daily basis, and God God sort of uh, birthed some dreams in our hearts to see revival in the inner city, and it's still certainly a a dream that we believe in fully today. Rebecca uh, leads Strong Academy, which is a private Christian nonprofit school. Yep, let's give her another hand because I can do that today. Which is a... It's a she's amazing. Talk about faith, but a uh, private uh, Christian nonprofit school, um, multiracial, multiracial, um, diverse, just amazing, amazing place. And uh, so we're heavily involved on in, in the west side. We live on Grant and Breckenridge Street, and uh, we absolutely love what we do. But God started to birth dreams in our hearts to see city revival, and then. Uh, Through a process that happened it it seemed best that we weren't supposed to take over the church and we found actually a a spanish-speaking leader who's actually pastoring a church right there in that building and we were excited about that uh, excited about how that happened mostly (laughs) because it was hard it was hard we had this this dream and then all of a sudden it got buried and then through that process I had to kind of figure out what we kind of had to figure out what our role was here at New Covenant, and uh, I met Pastor Josh at a Assemblies of God uh, leadership meeting, and he said, "Hey, do you want some coaching?" And I said, "Sure, I'll take some coaching." And and the Lord just absolutely poured out His Spirit on the coaching, and Rebecca and I have been set on a new trajectory in our lives thanks to you all. Um, the church has been so generous to us in partnering with us in so many ways. Um, uh, we've been able to attend, you know, elders meetings and pastors meetings and leadership meetings, and we have grown tremendously through this process. But even through all of that, I had to really, about 18 months ago, decide how I was gonna, um, what what I was gonna do with my full-time ministry. And uh, I was already working for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is the world's largest sports ministry in a different role. 18 months ago, they were searching for a director, we fasted and prayed for a week, and the Lord said that I was supposed to do it, and so I said yes to the call of God, which meant saying no to so many other things. I felt like we've almost had to uh, take some steps away from some of the things we're involved in. I, I think we would we would buy a room in this church and live here if we could, because we want to be around so much, but yet we, have, we are... Uh, being faithful to what God's asking us to do. And through that, my dream of being the hipster, really cool uh, pastor that preaches awesome messages on the west side has, is currently uh, buried, right? And, and, and my gifts are buried. And the dreams that I had, they were buried. And it wasn't anything that we did. We said yes to the call of God on our lives. We moved to Buffalo in 2015. We had raised, what I do full-time is I raise funds. We're full-time missionaries. I had raised $465 a month. And we left Liberty University in Virginia. We came to Buffalo. That's not a lot to live on with a family of five. And we just, we just said yes to the Lord. And then he started to birth new dreams. And then he started to bury those dreams. And he started to show us our gifts. And then he started to bury those gifts. And I don't know if you guys know, but this past year, we also lost a baby that was uh, not born, but, um, uh, you know, we had a miscarriage. And you know, before I experienced all this, it would be easy to say, well, you know, it wasn't a real human or something like that. And having gone through this, there were dreams attached to this baby. There was passion. There was love. There was life. And there was, there was, there was something that we just were so desperately excited about. And then we had to bury our unborn child as well. The process of burial is one of the scariest things ever. One of our prime fears as human beings is to be buried alive. Am I the only person in here that when I, when I start to see the funeral procession heading down the street and I realize that things are about to change forever and it's going to be difficult, that I start to get really freaked out? Or is, is there anyone else in here that's... That's like me in that. It's one of our primal fears as human beings. But the good news, the good news, the good news in all of this is that God has shown himself to be so faithful. Just because we're being buried, just because you're being buried, it doesn't mean God is not who he is. He is still God. He is still on the throne. And he is still the God of the resurrection. Amen? He is the God who calls dead things back to life and creates new things out of nothing. So no matter what dirt is being poured on us today, no matter what we're feeling, whether it's in our family, our job, even at church, uh, uh, where you've been placed in your life, The Lord wants you to know today that beyond your burial, hallelujah, beyond your burial, there is a resurrection. See, we cannot have the resurrection life without the burial of our old life. Amen? People go to great lengths to avoid being buried alive. Did you know that in the old days, well, and still today, people literally create custom caskets for themselves, like Some of them would have, like, air tubes, and some of them would have, like, a little string that you ring. Just in case, just in case, you know, you weren't fully dead, you could, like, ring this bell. And then the people that were obviously already standing above, you know, the graveyard that were just kind of waiting there for you to make sure that you were dead eternally would hear the bell, and then they would, you know, pull you out of the grave. Um, It's a freaky, freaky thing to be buried alive. I want to read you a couple stories of people that were buried alive. Let's get weird. In 1822, a 40-year-old German shoemaker was laid to rest, but there were questions about his death from the start. Although the shoemaker's family confirmed his passing, he looked dead, they said. No one could detect any stench or rigidity in the cadaver. Nice. Still, the funeral went on as planned, but the gravedigger was dispersing the last shovels full of dirt onto the grave, and he heard a knocking from below. Reversing his process and now removing the earth as quickly as possible, the gravedigger found the shoemaker moving inside his coffin. His arms were drawn upward, he wasn't cold, and when when an attending physician opened a vein, blood flowed all over the shroud. Beautiful. Over the course of three days, resuscitation attempts were made, but all efforts were fruitless. The shoemaker was declared dead once more and laid to rest for a second and final time. Bummer. Got their hopes up. In 1915, a 30-year-old South Carolinian suffered a fatal attack of epilepsy, so everyone thought. After declaring her dead, doctors placed her body in a coffin and scheduled her funeral for the next day so that her sister, who lived out of town, would still be able to pay respects. But Dunbar's sister didn't travel fast enough. She arrived only to see the last clods of dirt thrown atop the grave. This didn't sit well with her. She wanted to see her sister one more time. She ordered the body be removed when the lid was opened as sat up and smiled at all around her, she lived for another 47 years. Hey, we got one. Philomile Genotri was a French woman who contracted art cholera. Thank you, sir. Not long after, she was presumed dead. As was custom, a priest arrived to administer the last sacraments, and her body was placed in a coffin. Only 16 hours later, her body was lowered six feet underground. Like the shoemaker's case, a grave digger heard her knocking against her coffin lid and promptly removed her from the earth. Though no breath was apparent when a lit candle was placed under her nose, distinct rhythmical sounds could be heard in her chest, and she exhibited some muscle contraction and eyelid twitching. This didn't last long, however. She was officially pronounced dead the following day and was buried a second time. Bummer. Last one. I'm sorry if I'm putting you through some sadistic, weird thing. This isn't fun for me either, okay? But we got to do it to get to the point of this sermon, okay? Just bear with me. We're not joking about sickness or death. God is the God of life. If, If we weren't in Christ today, we might have something to worry about. But in Christ, we live forever. Amen? We have nothing to worry about. God holds our heart. God holds our future. Angelo Hayes was a 19-year-old Frenchman, another Frenchman. I don't know what's going on in that country. They got, they're probably just trying to be killing people over there, burying them before they're actually dead. This is probably the most remarkable 20, 20th century instance of alleged premature burial. In 1937, he wrecked his motorcycle. The impact threw him into a brick wall. Spare you the details. No pulse. Three days later, he was buried. But because of an investigation Helmed by a local insurance company His body was exhumed Praise the Lord for insurance companies His body was exhumed two days after the funeral Much to those at the Forensic Institute's surprise Hayes was still warm He'd been in a deep coma And his body's diminished need for oxygen Had kept him alive After numerous surgeries and some rehab Hayes recovered completely In fact, he became a French celebrity People traveled from afar to speak with him and in the 1970s, he went on tour with a very souped-up security coffin he invented, making a profit on this f- very scary concept, featuring thick upholstery, a food locker, a toilet, and even a library to read in in the dark under, his, under the grave. Wonderful. We're going to be in 2 uh, Corinthians 4. <laughs> 11 through 18 today. Praise the Lord. But this is relevant because Paul was talking to a church. He was talking to a church that was very much alive. See, it was a letter to the Corinthian church. The Bible scholars would say that the Corinthian church was, was probably like a church that you would see in New York City, right? Like, fully alive. What do you think of when you think of New York City? Traffic. Buses, bicyclists hitting each other, you know, craziness. But what else do you think of? Culture, diversity, vibrance, right? Amazing things, great food, right? And then you also think about dreams. I mean, New York City was the place that caught all the dreamers from Europe, right? The founding of our country, the American dream. These are the hands that built America. It was all caught up in New York City. And Paul's talking to a church. That would be like a church with the nature of New York City. And they're wondering, Paul, what's the deal, bro? You're an apostle. You're, you're, you're traveling around, and you're preaching the gospel. And that's cool because we like the fact that you have really nice technology and microphones that you use. And we like the fact that you drive a Bentley. And we like the fact that you have stages and platforms, and people want your autograph. Just kidding. They said, what's going on? You're supposed to be this great Christian leader. You've given your whole heart to Jesus. You've given your whole soul to Jesus. You've given your dreams to Jesus. And this is how he pays you? We know you're alive. We know that you have life inside your bones. Paul was a Pharisee among Pharisees. He was the hardest working dude on the planet. He was the one killing the Christians because he was so passionate about what he believed in. They said, Paul, we know that this is not how it was supposed to look, right? This isn't what we signed up for. Instead of having microphones and stages, you're being buried underneath the weight of the world. Paul was shipwrecked. He received 40 lashes multiple times. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was almost killed. He was put in prison. And scripture says, beyond that, he faced concern daily for the churches. Beyond, beyond the turmoil, beyond the hardship, this man had kept his dream, his God-given dream, alive, but it was buried. And Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians and he says, guys, nah, 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 nah. you're looking at it wrong. See, it's not what's happening on the outside that we need to be worried about. It's not what is deteriorating around us that we need to be worried about. It's not the difficult situation we're facing at work or the hard relationship we've chosen to pursue. It's not the fact that we're running after you with all of our heart and things aren't working the way that we thought. He's saying something else is happening here something else is being produced in you, and it 's the life of Jesus. He says that though outwardly we 're wasting away, inwardly we 're being renewed day by day. Paul is doubling down on the fact that God is the God of the resurrection. He says, "For we who are alive are always being given over to death for jesus sake for the sake of the cross, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. See, it's for today. It's for today. In our mortal bodies, Jesus wants to show off. The resurrection. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. When we, when we allow ourselves to be buried by God and we go through the process of being buried, new life happens not just for us, but for those around us. It is written, I believed, therefore I've spoken. He's talking about David in the Psalms here. That's why it's in quotes because David was buried in some caves and he was told that he was going to be the king of Israel. And yet he was in some caves and people were trying to take his life. And David said, I believe and therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, Paul says, we also believe and we therefore speak. Hallelujah. Because we know the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Paul is saying, beyond the burial. There is a resurrection. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. God is pouring out his glory on this earth, and we don't want to miss it. Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Hallelujah. Though it's a good sign if you're wasting away today, yet inwardly we are being renewed day. By day, see, we don't live for what the world lives for. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us, something is happening. a greater force is happening in the midst of our burial, for us an eternal glory that far, 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 far outweighs them all. F- so we fix our eyes. What? On the dirt, do we fix our eyes on the outward circumstances? No, he says, we fix our eyes on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Maybe that's you today. You feel like you're being buried by something. You're staring at the dirt. You're wondering if there really is a God. To be honest with you, in the past two years, I've, I've talked to God that way. I said, are you really real? This does not make any sense. Are you really real? You're burying me. You're burying me. I'm your son. I don't have anything to bring to you. I don't know what I'm doing. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I didn't choose this. You chose me. You showed me something. I don't even know what it was. You gave me a wife. You gave me kids. You gave me dreams. You gave me passions, you gave me gifts, and you're burying them. Are you really real? Are you really good? If you've had those thoughts, if you're feeling those thoughts, you're not alone today. But it's okay. The Lord doesn't condemn you for those thoughts. He simply wants to whisper in your ear this morning that He is still God. He is still the God of the resurrection. You will still rise. We will still rise. This church will still rise. This city will still rise. Your family will still rise. Hallelujah. This world is still going to rise because we will rule, we will reign. Jesus is the King, and He is Lord, and He is good. Let's give Him a praise this morning for His goodness. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Whatever seed you give God, He already has a special body for. Listen to this. This is crazy. This is trippy stuff. Get ready. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, right? What goes in comes out Different but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. Here's the thing, though. God gives it a body as he has determined. Every seed that we give the Lord, every seed of faith, every time we choose to worship him in the midst of our burial, every time we choose to say yes to his presence, God is taking that seed, and he's going to actually resurrect it and give it a new Body, a new look, a new outlook, and he says he gives a body as he has determined. He's already got a plan for what he's going to do in your life. He's already got a plan for what's next. He's already got a plan to raise you up and to 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 empower you to walk out resurrection life. And it's unique to you, to each side, each kind of seed. He gives it its own body. See, none of us are going to look alike. But we all have some, some special, unique calling that God is bringing about through our burial. So it will be, he says later, it will be the same with the resurrection of the dead, which starts right now. Resurrection life starts right now. The body that is sown is perishable. Huh. It is raised, what? Imperishable. Wow, you sow a mortal seed to God and he will give you an eternal seed. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. The Bible says that instead of shame, dishonor, the Lord has given us a double portion. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body And it is raised a spiritual body. That's why Paul says, focus on what's unseen. Because, see, we still look at the dirt. We still see the dirt. And that may not go away, but there's other eyes that God wants to give us. There's renewed vision, reinvigorated vision, God's vision for your life, to see yourself rightly, to act accordingly, and to see new dreams and new things be created when you sow seeds to the Lord. Don't fight the burial. Don't be afraid of the dirt. If you pull yourself out now, you'll be missing out. That's the worst thing we could do when we're going through the burial. It's so tempting, right? You know, connect the air tube. You know, have our safety mechanisms. We hold on to so many things. We just hold on. We're like, I don't want it to change. I don't want it to be different. I'm scared of being naked. We're all scared of being naked above our graves someday, wondering what's going to happen to us. And we do everything in our power to just hold on to what we know, to hold on to our body, to our relationships, to our finances, to what we think should be happening at our church, (laughs) to where we think we should be at in our life, to where we think God should have us and we blame him and we say it's wrong. And we get depressed and we get mad and just hold hold up under the grave and we just hold on we just hope that we can just get out and that 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 the air will come in and then we could punch our way out and come back the way we were and God says that's wrong that's the worst thing that you could do God has his life that's available for us it says that we are being given over to death so that what the life of Jesus can be revealed see the life of Jesus is your best life now your best life now isn't what you think it is your best life now is walking in union with Jesus Christ. Scripture says that we were therefore buried with him in baptism so that we may walk in newness of life. It says, surely if we were buried with him in baptism, we will most certainly be resurrected with him. Hallelujah. That's good news. You can walk out a new life in the Spirit and never need anything again and have everything that you need Everything you could ask for, everything you could imagine in your soul. First Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. So I want to talk about two so-that statements. we got to remember, Paul says, We are being given over to death so that, so that the life of Christ may be revealed. Number one, you are being buried so that you can find new breath. Anyone know what FOMO is? What was that, T-Mobile or something? Fo- Come on, you guys don't know what FOMO is? Do you even watch TV? What's wrong with you? Do you watch the commercials? OK, FOMO is the fear of missing out. You're welcome. We're afraid of, of, of losing out on the breath that's in our lungs. See, our breath is the only thing keeping us alive. And we're afraid that if we give up our breath, if we just surrender to the Lord, that we're going to miss out on something. It's simply not true. (laughs) We should be less afraid of missing the life we have and more afraid of missing the life God has for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we are new creations in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. But what happens when we get buried is God renews that life. It says, inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. The Lord wants to teach us things about ourselves. I remember when I learned a lesson the hard way, but came out with a new identity on the other side, when I was at West Point taking boxing class. Now, y'all, I'm not sharing this story because I'm tough. These are the only fights I've ever been in. I'm actually pretty soft, really soft. You could probably beat me up. But I had to take boxing class at West Point, and, uh, you know, it's crazy. You had to run to class at West Point. Everyone's yelling at you all the time. You're already messed up. And you're like, dude, I'm about to get beat up. Like, I'm a hockey player at West Point. I'm kind of cool. <laughs> like, kind of look down on people, right? I'm, I'm not being serious. Kinda, and I have this identity that I've built up. Like, I'm tough. I'm cool because I play hockey. Don't mess with me. Well, I knew that that was going to get put to the test, and I was scared. I was super scared of what would happen, so I get to the, r- the, the gym, and we had to do, th- like, three fights, so I get there, first fight, you know, dude's about my size, we square up, what do you think happened? I destroyed him. <sighs> You're welcome. <laughs> yep. You wouldn't expect anything less from me, would you? I know, I know. I look so tough. Second dude jumps in. He's a little bigger. What do you think happened? What? Did you, say, did you say he beat me up? Who said that? I whooped him again, my man Rodney. Thank you, bro. I know you got my back always. All right. Now, the third dude, I got in there. And he was a little taller, a little, little leaner. So we square up. And I didn't really know how to box, right? They would given us some preliminary lessons, but whatever. He just hit the other guy. So he starts hitting me with his right. I'm like, what's this dude hit me with the the right for? I I was kind of dodging it, and I was like, I'm going to try to hit him back because he's swinging at me. So he throws a right. You know, I try to block it, and I move here, right? What do you think happens? Bam! The left! Bam! Right in the face. I'm like, what? Where did you're not allowed to do that. You're supposed to punch me with your right hand, dude. I'm like, all right, get back in there. You come at him, move again, bam, right again. I'm like, yo, this is not fair. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got destroyed. I mean, I got embarrassed, dude. And, and not only was everyone like in the gym feeling bad for me, But everyone at West Point was feeling bad for me, and everyone in the entire world felt bad for me because they were all watching, and my identity had crumbled, and I was no longer a tough guy. I didn't know who I was. Now, something did happen that was pretty cool in the midst of that. After the first round, I got totally pummeled, and I thought, man, every punch that he's throwing, I'm just seeing myself walk around the hallways at West Point like... Oh, that's the dude that Williams shellacked last week. Hey, buddy, how are you? (laughs) Can I have your lunch, please? That's what uh, Elder Mike says all the time. Give me your lunch money, Jake. I'd be like, sure thing, here you go. Don't hit me with your left hand. (laughs) Hell not, a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. And uh, so I'm like, just like, pretty much my life is over, right? Like, right? It would be if that happened to you. And it happened to me. My life was over. But then I got back to my corner, and the coach was like, And I was like, coach, you don't have to give me any advice. I know. I am a train wreck. I don't deserve any advice. Just feel free to just send me back out there to get destroyed again. Hopefully I die so you can just scoop me up, put me in the ground, never have to talk to me again because it would be embarrassing to even associate with me at this point. So he's like, yo, dude, you're fighting a lefty. I was like, oh, that's why he keeps punching me in the face with his left hand. Okay. So he's like, all you got to do is when he throws the right, parry, and step the other way away from his strong hand. I'm like, oh, alright. So I was pretty scared, but I had nothing to lose at this point, let's be honest. I was a nobody. So I started squaring up, and uh, he throws his right. And I was like, thanks, Smoochie Wallace. Bam. Bam! Hit him with the right. Bloody nose. Knocked him down. It was amazing. Thank you that's the only reason I came. We can go home now. <laughs> so it felt good. But, okay, two things happened there. One is, you know, so I saw Williams in class, like chemistry class the next day, and I, and it was like, he didn't hate me. He didn't think less of me. I saw, I, I walked out of the gym. my Coach could pat me on the back, you know, go out, I was like, wait, what? Like, didn't you guys see that? Did that happen? Like, I just got absolutely destroyed. I don't even know who I am anymore, and nothing changed. I walked out of there realizing that I wasn't defined by what happened on the outside. But what happened on the inside was that I responded. I responded to who I was. And I learned that the outside doesn't define the victory that we live in inside. Amen? And I also learned a practical tool to walk that out. Parry right hand. That's what God is doing, right? When he buries us, is that good? That, that when we're being buried, right, he's giving us tools to walk out our new identity. He's trying to show us that he is God. He is victorious. It doesn't change who he is. No matter what we're going through, our God is a warrior. He's a lion. And he, he's in control of the burial. He is a good, good father. And he is in complete control of what's happening in your life. He wouldn't bury you. He wouldn't allow you to be in the situation that you're in if you didn't have an amazing plan to resuscitate, revive, renew your identity and your purpose. So you think you know who you are today, but you have no idea who you are in Christ. It takes a burial for us to realize that. Amen? When we're being buried, it may seem dark for a moment, but God always lights us up when he's through. Number two, I'll be quick. The dirt doesn't constrict you. Wait, I forgot to say my last line. It was really good. The dirt doesn't suffocate you; it resuscitates you. Thank you, Sarah. Utahbomb.com. Number two. The dirt. So you are being buried so that, so that you can accomplish more. The dirt doesn't constrict you, it catalyzes you. See, one of our biggest fears, the fear of the Corinthian church, the fear of Paul, the fear of me, the fear of you, is that if we get buried, we're never going to accomplish what we had set out to accomplish. Our dreams are dead. Paul said that our light, in verse 17, I think, he said, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. Do we have that scripture? So I don't even have it in my notes. I just want to make sure I get it right. Crickets? All right, sounds good. Thank you. That's all that matters, right? It sounds good? Okay. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inward... Re- next verse, 17. We are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us, I forgot the word, eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I, I wrote this down. Maybe it'll minister to you. We were never designed to have the world. We were never designed to remain here forever. And our body is not designed to remain here. We were never designed to have what this world offers. Never designed to operate by that system. Some people taste success. Some people taste riches. But only that which is invested into the kingdom matters. And you don't need to be a millionaire or have a TV show on CBN Network with Billy Graham to have significance significance. In and to change the world what if your decision to come to the Lord or take that job or restore that relationship or come to New Covenant Church serve at New Covenant Church double down on your commitment to New Covenant Church pray for New Covenant Church to join a family get your life right to walk in the light to walk in freedom what if that could change the entire framework for generations to come could it set a new precedent in the spirit realm for your sons and daughters? Maybe you won't be the next Billy Graham, but who's to say that five of your grandchildren will each impact this world more than Billy Graham because of the choices that you made? Hallelujah. And maybe you don't have any grandchildren, but you have spiritual sons and spiritual daughters that you can pour yourself into. See, God is doing something. The force of burial is not as great as the force of revival that's happening us. John 12 says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it. For eternal life, with every shovel full of dirt, your legacy is growing. Paul said, Death is at work at us, but life is at work in you. 41 minutes. My time is up. If we could have the worship team come forward. I'm going to close with a thought and then we're actually going to take communion together as a body so ushers, you guys can come forward as well. We do open communion at New Covenant. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we'd encourage you to partake. See, uh, through this process, through uh, the struggles that we've had, and when I say we, I mean me because Rebecca's perfect and she always responds to every situation in the spirit realm. She sees, with un, she sees into the unseen, she realizes that uh, we're achieving eternal glory for the Lord. She does not lose heart. Maybe that makes up for forgetting how long we were married for. Thank you, Elder Mike. <laughs> Uh, what I learned through this process sorry guys, it's going to be one second is that, that it's one thing to be buried and it's another thing to actually be resurrected and I think so many of us are walking around with bad attitudes like I've had in the grave and we're actually, we're actually living out our worst fear God wants to bury us but make us alive. And instead, we're just simply buried alive. We're like the last guy, right? The last story, who he built himself a little home underground so he could live forever and read books. (laughs) And we make ourselves at home there. We say, if this is the lot you have for me, God, I'm giving up. My dreams are dead. I don't even know who I am anymore I don't even know who you are anymore I don't even know if you're real I'll just accept it and I'll just make the best of it and I'll just (sighs) I'll just wake up and check boxes and I'll be miserable I'll still serve at church I'll still pray I'll still go to my job won't be nice to my boss you know won't really get amped about church service every Sunday won't do the things that God's asked me to do, but I mean, it's okay. He buried me. (laughs) And we just, we just count the days. The Lord's saying today that you don't have to be buried alive. There is a life available to you today. If you're willing to be vulnerable with your soul, (laughs) and if you're truly willing to give God everything today, our biggest fear shouldn't be the dirt. It should be staying in it. The enemy wants us to believe that our dreams, our breath, our worship is buried. We have to let go so our soul can rise. I believe there's a resurrection infusion that the Lord wants to give every single person in this room today. The Lord gave me a vision of of a graveyard. We drive past one every day to go to church. And and, and he he showed me that there were souls above the graveyard, kind of lingering in the graves. And then there were some that were under. See, the resurrection is always happening, right? It permeates the earth. The glory of God is permeating the earth. And the souls that are still buried, the souls that are still buried under the earth, because we're not willing to let go of our control, of our fear, of our bitterness, they're not able to receive the resurrection infusion that God has for us today. Does anyone like chemistry in here? All right. Elder Mike, more power to you you're better than all of us there's something called an exothermic reaction where two components come together and they produce a new component but not only do they produce a new component but within that process light and heat and energy are generated and i just believe that that's the 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 the, the word that god has for you today if you'll let your soul rise above the grave his resurrection power will come and infuse your soul and give you new eyes new life. And within that, there will be an explosion of the gospel, an explosion of revival. And there will be light produced at your job and your family at church. There will be heat. The fire of the Lord will be on you. There will be new energy. You can't keep dragging your feet and going through life miserable every single day. The Lord has energy for you today if you'll simply Let your soul rise today. Amen. Well, at the same time as standing up and coming forward to give communion, let's give the Lord a giant round of applause for his word today. He's good. And I'll just invite you to come forward. We're going to close with a worship song today. Come on down and receive the elements together as a church and believe this morning that the God of revival is shaking and moving at this altar And that there's an anointing, there's an energy, there's a light, there's a freedom, there's a hope. There's joy, peace. Everything is available to you this morning. Hmm. Wow. Don't leave anything up here today. It might be as simple as just saying like, like god like i just give you up control i don't know how to make my soul rise i can't dig myself out of this out of this grave but but like i can ask you and i know you're going to come through So I just encourage you, as we take the life, the body and blood of Jesus, let's take it as our life today, our resurrection life today. In Luke 22, Scripture says that when the disciples were together, Jesus took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Lord. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's drink together. I just encourage you, if you've never given your life to the Lord today, it would be a great day to do so. He will resurrect you eternally. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this divine space that you've created right here in this sanctuary ha, ha, that you knew every single one of these people would be here today you knew we'd be here and uh you knew you'd show up and you knew you'd be full of love when you did it and so we release your love now in jesus name as we sing god let our song rise and let our soul rise to you today
1: in jesus or uh and offerings uh at this time. If you are a guest with us, you are under no compulsion to, um, to give. Uh, if the Lord leads you in that direction, that would be fine. We would not uh, turn down your gift. Uh, just so you know, there's uh, several ways that we can um, give, and they're on, on the screen for you uh, to see. Um, if you're a guest with us today, a new guest, uh, we'd like to meet you in Guest Central uh, right throughout these back doors. We have a free gift for you. And we could uh, talk to you about New Covenant and uh, uh, what our church means to us. Um, there are small groups available to us around this congregation. And I will tell you that I've been at this a long time, and my small group is changing my life. And that's not hyperbole, that's happening. And it's wonderful, and it's good, because I don't know everything. It's nice to know, know new stuff. And relationships grow through small group. And you learn a lot in small group. And you can share things in small group that you might otherwise not share. And it's just a, it's just a wonderful experience. Um, we have uh, prayer teams who um, pray with you today. If you have needs, they would like to be able to, uh, to lift you up in prayer to pray with you. And that is available to you also. And I want to remind you that there is a marriage conference June 12th through 13th. Um, There's early registrations available now at a discount, um, and the details are on the website. Okay, and I think that covers it. Father God, we're grateful to have been here today. We have been edified today through worship, through the music, Lord God, through through everything that the worship team has given us, and this wonderful message that you put on uh, Jake's heart, which has blessed each and every one of us, and so we are careful to give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name.